You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, Vox and Hops heads? I'm Matt, the vocals of Cryptopsy, and you're listening to my podcast, Vox and Hops, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians to talk about their lives, music, and craft beer. In case you missed it, Devastation on the Nation 2020 has been postponed until 2021. Devastation on the Nation features Rotting Christ, Borknergar, Wolfhart, Abigail Williams, and Imperial Triumphant. And I am super stoked and super proud of Daniel Defonce, the Vox and Hops alumni, the man behind Metal Festival Tours. He also works for Unique Leader, and he also books for continental touring much love and respect for him pulling this off so quickly getting it all together if you have your tickets for devastation on the nation 2020 your tickets shall be honored at the 2021 date don't worry about that you just show up with your ticket and it will be honored at the 2021 date if you would like a refund you can go and do that at your place of purchase but i think you should still come to the show because Devastation on the Nation is a party that you do not want to miss. Devastation on the Nation is proudly brought to you by Metal Festival Tours, Continental Touring, and the Vox and Hops Podcast. Much love and respect to all the Vox and Hops heads, the Vox and Hops alumni, everybody that came out last night to the Vox and Hops Thirsty Thursday virtual hang hour. It was super fun. I had such a great time. So much fun to see so many Vox and Hops alumni, some Vox and Hops heads all gathering together. It's nice to put some faces to some familiar names that I've been communicating with via the internet. Uh, much respect, much love. Uh, I had a lot of fun. It was great to see all the local craft brews that you guys are drinking. I am super stoked to do again. I'm going to be doing this every Thursday at different times so that people from different time zones can participate. Next week's is going to be a little bit earlier so that the people in Europe can attend. So I'm super stoked to hang out with you all again next week on Thursday, the Vox and Hops Thirsty Thursday Virtual Hang Hour. COVID-19 is something that we must take seriously. It is something that we can't mess around with. The best way to do that is to practice social distancing and social isolation. Stay in your houses. Don't go outside unless it's absolutely necessary. Wash your hands. Uh, avoid public places. You don't want to mess around with this virus. Everybody stay home. Stay safe. It is the only way that we're going to make this go away much faster so that we can get back to normal life. Hey, what's up? This is Rob the Wish from Necronomicon. You're listening to Vox and Ops. Hey, thank you so, so much, Rob the Witch. I had such a good time with Rob the Witch the other day. If you have not listened to that episode, it is probably in my top 10 of favorite Vox and Hops interviews. Please go back and check out the Vox and Hops episode with Rob the Witch from Necronomicon. Much love and respect, brother. On this episode, I am with Ken Sorceron of Abigail Williams. Here it is, Vox and Hops episode number 121. I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. Hey, what's up, everybody? Today I'm with Ken Sorceron from Abigail Williams, and I'm super stoked to be with you. I was very disappointed that Devastation on the Nation fell through. I was looking forward to hooking up with you. I have toured with many of your past band members, but I have actually never met you. So, hello. Nice to meet you. Uh, how are you doing? You've told me that uh, you are quarantined in the woods. Let's talk about that. Let's start off with that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so my options were stay at my apartment in Seattle where everything was going crazy or go to the middle of nowhere in a cabin. My girlfriend's mom has a cabin 
that we've actually stayed at for a year uh, at one point. So just kind of packed up the truck and uh, with some supplies and just decided to wait it out out here rather than, you know, uh, be in a small apartment, you know. So now we got a big ass yard, you know, there's a, we don't have to see people, you know. <laughs> uh, you made a post on Facebook earlier this week that uh, not much has changed for you. You don't <laughs> really mind being isolated and I feel the same. Yeah. My wife, on the other hand, is like super excited to, I've been doing like uh, video conferencing with my work people and she's more excited to do that than I am. I, I'm, I'm perfectly fine being alone by myself in my house with my wife and my kids and you feel the same. Yeah. If if it wasn't for touring, uh, I would have no social life whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> which which might become the future of this for the next few months. How do you feel about yeah, that? We spoke I about know. it brief, briefly um, over a Facebook Messenger conversation that back in the day, a lot of people gave uh, Allegian flack for starting up a Patreon but I sort of think that with everything that's going to happen with COVID-19 and the impact it's going to have on the entertainment industry is going to last for a lot longer than we probably anticipate. I think a lot more bands are going to be turning towards either crowdfunding or Patreons or other sources of income still in the entertainment world. What do you think about that now? Um, I agree. Um, you know, I've, it's something I've been starting to think about and, uh, I don't know where to start because, you know, I have no experience with that world. I used to be one of those people that would talk shit about bands that were doing that. And over the years, I kind of realized that it was actually pretty smart and it's not really begging. The, 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 the music world has changed, you know. The income isn't what it once was. And you know what? If people want to give their money to these artists and they should, you know, there should be nothing wrong with that. When I saw what winter sun did, it blew me away with the amount of money uh, that dude raised. And it kind of like, you know, I felt like, all right, if he's able to generate all that money like that, then he deserves it, you know? And it made me think like he was right. I mean, he, he, you know, he he knew he could do that. He thought he knew what he was worth when other people didn't. And then he, you know, proved everyone, you know, it was pretty amazing, honestly. And now we're all going to follow suit. <laughs> yeah. Classic Vox and Hops question. Take me back to your youth in your house growing up. What was the music that was playing when you were not in control of the music? What music did your parents listen to or your guardians listen to? So I'm 40. So when I was a kid was, you know, eighties, early nineties. Um, I remember they, my parents gave me a radio and when I was like five, um, for my room. And I remember thin Lizzy came on and I heard like those guitar harmonies, you know what I mean? And it really stood. It did something. It like, I didn't have like hairs, on my arms to stand up, but you know what I mean? It, it was doing that to me. <laughs> I remember all the way from back then having that feeling and not understanding why, but you know, towards, uh, I my parents, my mom would listen to like in excess, 
Tears for Fears, you know, Peter Gabriel, stuff like that. And then one day she brought home uh, Guns N' Roses, uh, Appetite for Destruction. And I remember, you know, really liking that. <laughs> that blew me away. Uh, so, yeah, that's sort of what I was raised on, you know. And then I found my mom's records at one point, you know, Black Sabbath, Led Zeppelin, things like that. Got into all that when I was a kid. And then uh, that actually got me into playing guitar because there was a acoustic guitar down there. And I just started, like, teaching myself, you know. That's awesome. So as far as music, I had no control over, you know. Those were the options back then. But you definitely had a, a strong base from your, your, your home life, which is amazing. Fox and Hops is all about hanging out with metal dudes, drinking craft beer, and talking about their lives and their music. Okay. Right here I have in my hands the beer, the beer that we were supposed to drink together. Ah, uh, yes. In Toronto at the after party. This is Devastation from Henderson Brewing Company. I am super stoked about this. It's a block lager. Uh, what do you have on your side? Normally we drink the same beer, but it's hard in the circumstances that we're in. <laughs> I have the rogue dead guy. Um, you know, classic Oregon uh, beverage, you know. Uh, I definitely, definitely enjoy swinging either through Seattle or Portland for their craft beer. They have such a strong craft beer scene. Uh, how did you get into craft beer? Because I know you're a craft beer enthusiast. Absolutely. Oh, wow. Um, it was something that gradually happened over the years. Uh, you know, I remember when I first started going to bars, it was in like the late 90s, you know, and I had a fake ID and uh, <laughs> I... They didn't, they didn't have, like, craft beers yet, you know, in bars. It was like Sierra Nevada had just, like, Absolutely. made its way. You know, what I mean? you know what I mean? And it was like I remember trying that and thinking, like, wow, this is full flavor. You know what I mean? <laughs> and uh, over the years, like, trying lots of stuff. And then I, I went through a phase where I drank nothing but piss beer just because I was on tour. And I thought if you didn't drink uh, PBR, you were a fucking a douche and then uh i got pretty sick of that obviously and then uh yeah i couldn't deny that yes i drink i've had 350 different craft beers in the last like seven months or something so yeah so uh i keep track um but yeah i'm, I'm i guess you could say i'm pretty into it now uh, how do you go about keeping track? Are you at, on untapped or you just do it yourself? Yeah, I'm on untapped. Untapped, Sorceron, add me. There you go. I was going to ask for it, yeah. <laughs> Let's touch on the name before we started recording. I asked you this question. I said, uh, it's Ken Sorceron. I'm, I'm pronouncing that right. And you said, oh, but it's not my real last name. Yeah. I love that you have a stage name. It's something that doesn't happen nowadays. Uh, I think it's fucking awesome. <laughs> uh, let's talk about, uh, you mentioned that your last real last name is Bergeron. Correct. Or Bergeron. Yeah. Which is very Quebecois. Me being from Montreal, I was like, oh, it's a French name, a Quebecois. And you said, well, my parents are both from Quebec. So let's talk. About, I want to hear about that. Yeah. Uh, both sides. So my mom's side is La Chapelle. And yeah, my dad was the Bergeron. And uh, yeah, I guess I know, I know that. I know both grandparents came from Quebec 
And I did, you know, um, my dad died. I couldn't really ask him, but, uh, and I don't talk to that side of the family much, but I did some research, you know what I mean? And I found that, yeah, the first, you know, they they had two Bergeron brothers had come from France to, uh, you know, Quebec and had a lot of sex and uh, spread the name. Uh, <laughs> so I'm just keeping the tradition, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's badass. That's badass. Uh, how did you guys end up in uh, in Seattle so far away from Quebec? Uh, so I'm originally from Connecticut. Yeah. So and so both sides of my family kind of had when they I guess when my grandparents came to the U.S. uh, on both sides and it was they came in through like New Hampshire and uh, some of so we ended up, you know, New Hampshire, Massachusetts, Connecticut and uh, later on New York City. So, you know, Northeast still. But, yeah, I moved to Seattle because I like it. (laughs) I love the Northwest. Yeah, I love the Northwest. And it was like the first time I went on a tour through the Northwest was like like 2001 or something. And I especially liked it then. You know what I mean? Before everyone moved there. Uh, Portland, Seattle. <laughs> I really enjoyed those two cities so much at that time. I just knew I would move there eventually. And unfortunately, I got, you know, I got around to it after the rest of the world already had moved there. But it's still okay, you know? Yeah. I mean, I like to do, like, a lot of road trips. All the, and all the hipsters are there with you. Absolutely. It makes for having lots of good beers, though. Where, where, there, are, where there are hipsters, there will be craft beer. What, what would be some of those breweries from Oregon, the Oregon state, that, that you like to reach towards? Okay, so right now, uh, there's a brewery called Best of Hands. It's in West Seattle. It is awesome. I think they only have two beers uh, canned right now, but they're both really good. You got to try them. If you like, uh, you know, New England style IPA, you know, very just juicy as hell, cloudy, you know, um, stuff like that. I'm really into that whole thing right now. I also really like uh, a lot of stouts and porters uh my girlfriend kind of got me into sours a little bit you know it was the sort of thing i used to hate them and now i'm kind of now i can at least tell the difference between a good one and a bad one you know (laughs) but yeah uh there's a icicle brewing i really like they're in the middle of nowhere in washington uh in a town called leavenworth it's so it's like a bavarian uh town in the middle of the mountains and it looks like you're in like I swear to God, it looks like you're in like some like old time like Germany. Like it's stunning, and there's like epic winter wonderland mountains in the background, and all the all the. I mean, you can get like it's like German sausage and German beers at every bar. It's fantastic. It's sort of like a little tourist destination now, you know. And in the winter, it's can be hard to get to because of the mountain passes but they have a lot of good beers there as well 
That sounds fucking amazing. It's fantastic. Anyone that's uh, living in the Northwest or taking a trip there, go to Leavenworth. And uh, I'll tell you what, you can just you can just bar hop. You'll you'll have like not only some good like you know U.S. craft beers, but tons of European stuff out there as well, which I, I always think is really cool when you can actually get like good European beer in the states. You know. Yeah, those classic, classic pure beers. I miss them sometimes. Yeah. I go on tour in Europe yeah. and I drink so many of them and then I'm fed up with them. You miss them. And then when I come home and I haven't toured for a little while, I, I, I have a few shout out to Vox Populi. Vox Populi here in Montreal has an excellent Czech Pills that I reach towards when I'm... Yeah. Czech Pilsner is used to be one of my favorite styles. Still, Still is, I guess, you know, I've just had so much of it that it it started to, you know, started to hate it. But, uh, yeah, I'll tell you what, it's hard to do though. You know, it's hard to get right. So many people mm-hmm. try and they don't even come close, you know, that's the thing is like a good, uh, like a good, like even golden lager, I feel like is really hard to get right. I I've heard that a lot. It's a, it's much easier to hide flaws and mistake in an, this new England, hazy style beer than any of those pure beers yeah good it's which is fine i swear even even some of the bad hazies are are still very drinkable to me you know what i mean (laughs) at what point is there going to be an abigail williams beer oh god uh that's been a long time dream of mine actually um I don't know. I got to figure out who to talk to about that. Maybe I got to make it myself. Maybe I got to learn the art of brewing. <laughs> you should. <yeah. laughs> what would be uh, the style of the beer and what would it be called? I'd like to do something like a nitro stout. Hmm. Very creamy and, uh, oh my God, I had a. Old Rasputin Nitro, like a few weeks right before I had to come here, I had it on Nitro, and it, it blew my mind. Like I, you know, everybody likes Old Rasputin. You know what I mean? It's a on classic. Ni- it's t- on Nitro. I had never had it on Nitro. It was like a whole new. It was like a whole new beer. It. That's awesome. I had to take a side. Had to take a side note on that. <laughs> but yeah, I, I. It was so. It was. It, it, I wanted to do something in that vein you know what i mean maybe even something that you could throw back a few you know keep it around five and a half you know something poundable still you know that's exactly what i wanted to do with the devastation black lager from henderson brewing co oh we would have had so much fun that night i was excited to try it me too i was excited to share it with you uh what would you call the beer though well it's a dark beer so i'd call it in the absence of light which is one of our albums. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. As this whole COVID thing took off and became a serious thing, were you one of those people that believed it from the beginning? Wow. That's a good question. Uh, check this out. I've been following this thing since it, before it even came the first case in Seattle, uh, as I drive Lyft and I have a lot of time to listen to, uh, news and podcasts and youtube videos and so i'm pretty up on a lot of topics more more so than i wish i was uh 
But as soon as I heard about this, it was something it wasn't like the usual, um, you know, viruses pop up all the time, you know, and I, th- those sort of stories usually bore me very quick. But for some reason, this one caught my interest. So I was following it. And sure enough, first case in the U.S. was in Seattle where I was. And I was like, OK, so now I'm paying attention even more. And I already I basically just from some sources that I didn't know if they were credible or what on the internet, but I already had been hearing how like infectious this was. I had a R naught that was a lot higher than the regular flu as well as, you know, the complications. And so I was, I was concerned and I was, I remember thinking like the tour is probably going to get canceled. Just do, I did some math, you know, and I was like, at the rate that this spreads, I don't think our tour is going to happen. And if it does, I was prepared to do the tour. I just knew probably we were going to be um, having shows canceled by the end. You know, it actually ended up being ahead of schedule, you know, from what I was thinking, which is, yeah, I mean, I was telling my bandmates, I was like, hey, you guys, we should probably um, talk about what we're going to do in the event that um, some shows get canceled because, you know, we're paying for a bandwagon every day. And, you know, money starts adding up. And um, so that was a concern. Bandwagons are absolutely amazing, super fun, but they're not cheap. Yeah, exactly. And Anyone out there that can challenge bandwagons, I challenge you to start another company to give us a chance. <laughs> we need someone coming out there to challenge bandwagon to bring down those costs on both sides. Yeah. You know, do you remember uh, Rocket Ship? rocket ships no 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 so they were like mercedes sprinters sort of like what we use in europe but um mm-hmm. done up like a bus inside and those are pretty sweet obviously only for one band you know um and which is how we like it <laughs> yeah exactly so they're great like i did a when i was in the faceless we did a tour and we did summer slaughter in one of those and it was awesome i mean you know BDM guys like Alan was like coming to hang out with us on our rocket ship over his bus. You know what I mean? But, you know, obviously the bus is cooler, but I'm just saying it's a cool like environment, you know, where you're not sharing it with another band. And it is a lot cheaper than uh, I think, you know, I thought about that would be a cool business to get into, you know, buy a couple of sprinters and deck them out like buses inside and rent them out to all my friends and bands at, for a, a price that's not going to totally destroy. You save a lot of money because you're not getting hotels every night, you know, for bands that do get hotels, for bands that do get hotels. Even if you get a hotel, you don't get to sleep. It's a, no. <laughs> it makes me so mad when I'm in Europe and they're like, don't worry, you got hotels every night. And I'm like, but I'm not going to be able to sleep in them. I know, I know. I'm going to take a shower. I'm going to lie down for two hours and I'm going to have to get in the van. It's 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 a fallacy. I, I, it drives me crazy. I like to tour, uh, exactly. tour Europe, you know, in a sprinter. I'm that guy up in the top, the bunk, you know, above the equipment. You know, Same. like I always say, this is my Same. thing. You probably might do something similar. Like a singer needs sleep because he'll lose his voice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, back to you preparing your bandmates in in the 
with what happened. So so when everything hit the wall and the, I'm sort of happy that Borknagar and Wolfhard and um, Rod and Christ hadn't already flown over because it would have been more shitty for them almost. Absolutely. I was getting so worried that they were going to get here and it was all going to go down within the first couple days. And, you know, I was preparing for that because I, I, you know, we started on the West Coast. I knew I was going to be in Seattle within a few days and I was fully expecting the tour to possibly be coming to an end. And I was thinking like, well, at least I'll get a few shows in, you know, but it's, uh, we've never lived through anything like this. You know, this is going to be one of those things that's in the history books, you know? You are absolutely correct there. Like we don't even know where this is leading. Which is which is scary. Yeah, it's it is scary. <laughs> how, mean, how prepared were you? You said you sound like you were prepared, but how prepared were you personally? Once it was canceled, did you start stockpiling, or are you a person that already has a stockpile of food? I already had um, a decent uh, stockpile of food and stuff like that. We have, you know, we're expecting the big one in uh, Seattle, big earthquake. So, got got it. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah. I mean, not, people don't think about things like this. I mean, I think maybe after this, once we get back to normal, people might prepare for things like this a little bit better. But yeah, I was, um, I was definitely, I didn't have to go to the store after everything was gone you know what i mean i had everything i have meat delivered out here you know um which is awesome and uh we have tons of canned goods um lots of vitamins uh all the things you need you know that's good that's wise that's the way to do it yeah it's weird it's weird like i didn't want to be that guy but i i felt like uh you know it's food where i'm gonna eat it eventually anyways right so i might as well just um you know and most of the food i got i ordered ahead of time on amazon before everybody else you know and i just waited for a lot of it to just show up you know and sure enough you know i even got you know before everyone was buying bought all the masks out and all that you know, I had a couple of those, you know, just not hoarding, just a couple, you know, for emergencies. You know, I don't I, who, who knows? You know, I got goggles. Who knows? I, I, I'm not using any of this stuff, you know, but what if what if, you know, it's a pretty cheap insurance, in my opinion. Um, but now I'm out here. I'm just going to make music. We're doing an album just like this. So you guys are writing an album. Yeah, I mean, the album's written, yeah. It's already written. I'm just, yeah, I'm going to start recording it. Wow. Yeah. I, I was hu- a huge fan of the last... I have the next two albums written. Really? That's that's all. How does yeah. that come about? <laughs> it all comes from you? Yeah, I, I write... Uh, I guess you could say I, I have a big stockpile of songs. And um, so what I do... So for the last couple albums... I've been taking songs that I've had for a long time already, you know, and then just choosing the best ones that I think are going to be for that album. And then, um, and then of course I'll update them a bit when it's 
for you know when I'm actually recording all the all the times I've listened to them I'm making notes like yeah I'm gonna change that I'm gonna make this better and then I just do that for the final recording um so right now I got I went through a bunch of demos and I picked the songs and uh yeah I hit up the label and I was like hey listen um got time I'm gonna do this album so whatever uh, so it should be out late later this year. <laughs> I'm sure you're not the only one. There's going to be so many albums out. It's going to be amazing. I know. That's what I was thinking. It's going to, it's going to be a rush of albums. So our last album, uh, thank you, by the way. I, I just remembered you, uh, said that you liked it, which is, uh, you know, we did the way we did that album. It is perfect for a situation like this. None of us even saw each other. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You guys live all over the states. We all did our, sh- our 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 stuff at home, so there was no like, you know, we're fully prepared just to do the album like this. You know, that's amazing. I was showing Chris today from Cryptopsy this whole platform of Zoom, and we set up so that we can keep working on the Cryptopsy album. So that's amazing. You guys were avant garde even in that. Yeah, uh, it's cool. I like living in this world of being able to pick bandmates that don't live right there. Like when I first started the band, um, and this isn't like, it's not a diss to the people I had. They they were actually like really good. You know, um, everybody was really good. And all, all the dudes I've ever had in the band for the most part were, were really talented, really good. And when we first started out, it was just more like, finding people with similar interests was hard, you know? That's right, yeah. So you end up maybe compromising a little bit on what you want to do just to have a band, you know? Just for the sake of having a band, like, oh, how can I keep these people interested? Even as the main songwriter, you have to keep people interested, That you know what I mean? So there was a lot of that, and then as time went, it was like, wait a minute, we don't have to live in the same city, you know? Or just get together right before a tour, rehearse for a couple of days, and, you know, we're good. Um, it's really opened up, you know, possibilities for a lot of bands, I think. And you happen to find people that are in many bands. That's that's also true. Uh, Bryce, at least, I knew, I knew what I was getting into with Bryce right off the bat. It's funny because, like, Bryce, um, when I was singing for The Faceless, uh, we were going through drummers at videos and um, I think Justin was like, he, he was the Justin from Zenith passage. He, he was the guitar player for the faceless at the time. And he was like, check out this dude, Bryce, you know? And he um, sent us a video of him playing one of the more difficult songs. And I was like, I was blown away. I was like, wow, this, this guy, uh, he wasn't even, I don't even think his kick was triggered, you know. He he sounded so good. Um and I remember we were trying to get Michael Keane to check out his video and he couldn't be bothered, you know. And then finally it got down to the wire. We really needed someone, you know. And then he finally watched it and was like, Oh, this guy's badass. You know, and uh so it was like just from being in that band together for the short time that we actually played together, uh you know, I was like, hey, you want to play an Abigail, you know? And, um, 
I already knew he was going to be in a million bands. And I'm so used to drummers, you know. I know what drummers do, you know. <laughs> Why is it always the drummer, though? Because they're so in demand. I mean, they they do have arguably the hardest job. Um, you know, playing guitar, you know, of course, like, they're... I don't have the I don't actually have the determination to play guitar like a lot of dudes that are so amazing at guitar. And I'm not these dudes, you know, we we all we we know guys. We both know guys that are like they got that way cuz they practiced 8 hours a day for a long time, you know. Um but they could do that in their bedroom, you know, whereas like a drummer, they have to be very loud. It's a it's a different level of dedication i think you know they have to find a place to be able to and patience from their parents exactly you have to have the right parents basically is what it comes down to <laughs> or or the drive as as you were just leading towards to 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 go to the rehearsal room and not, not a lot of people will do that we'll put the eight hours in exactly exactly there a, a lot of drummers that i've i've had in the band have been dudes that really spent a lot of time you know i watched these guys become monsters and go on to like way bigger bands you know what i mean <laughs> huge 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 shout out to bedini yeah i mean that guy i remember seeing him play uh he was we were doing a tour and abysmal he was an abysmal dawn and um i remember thinking like he wasn't he wasn't there yet, but I knew. I was like this kid is going to be sick and I wanted him in the band. Um he actually played bass for half that tour for Abigail cuz our our we had a bass player uh leave mid-tour and Benny learned the songs on bass. And then after that I was like, you know, hey, you want to play drums and me and the guitar player Ian he he's an aborted too now. Um Another band. Shout out to Ian. Much love, brother. Another band I used to play in, actually, back in the day. Kind of funny. But yeah, uh, that's actually how Bedeni got in Aborted. Was like, I was in Aborted first, and then um, we needed a drummer. And I was like, hey. What, what, what did you play in Aborted? Guitar. You played guitar in Aborted? Yeah. How did I miss this? I missed this note. I'm sorry. I, I think a lot of people did. Uh, I was on the EP. Yeah, yeah. Shout, shout, out, shout out to Sven for, 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 for being persistent yeah actually uh it was they did an ep it was called coronary reconstruction i was on that and it was right after it was you know i i used to actually i, I i'm not i don't want to say i used to be a fan of aborted I, I still like aborted you know what i mean but like i'm saying before that i was a fan i liked uh the album gormageddon a lot um and uh yeah i was talking to sven on um you know, like MSN chat back in the day, you know, about merch designs and things. And I had found out through the wire that he needed a guitar player and he was doing auditions and I um, offered to uh, try out, which was basically you had to write a song in aborted style or show that you could write songs because he didn't have any, you know what I mean? It was like a whole new songwriter. Yeah. Yeah. It was like he needed a whole new band, you know? (laughs) Um, so yeah, so I, 
It was after Strychnine. He had like an album that didn't go well. Yeah, that's it was right. after yeah, that the album. album. It was after that album, and then we... their unspoken king. Yeah. So. <laughs> yes, it was. It was pretty much that, and uh, which I, I actually I listened to that album. I unspoken king i didn't think it was bad like everybody like other people are saying but whatever uh that's a whole other thing but that the aborted album i didn't like <laughs> so uh <laughs> he was like basically yeah you know we won't do any of that material we're gonna play the the classic stuff and you know focus on new stuff it was cool i mean it was cool to to do to be in that band for for uh Maybe it was like a year and a half or something. I mean, I have my own band and, um, you know, how things go. And I just, I think it was the sort of thing where it was like, you know, I, I really want to be able to focus on this. And, um, you know, I, I get this position, this fends in also with all the lineup changes. I'm, I've been there myself, you know, as as a lot of other guys I know that are, you know what I mean? And uh, as as we have as well, yeah. How do you persevere? What is your secret? So, it's weird. Um, when when I first started the band, um, I, I came to this realization that because um, we were going through members, you know, and then I realized, like, man, the band keeps getting better, you know. This guy's out. Now I got this guy. Wow, we're better. Uh, this guy, I've learned something from this other guy now. And now I feel like I'm better too. You know what I mean? And and it kept kept going, you know? And, uh, you know, you play with a lot of people. You get to play with some really good drummers. You get to play with some guys that just destroy you on guitar. You know what I mean? And uh, you learn. You learn a lot from them you know and you can inject it into your own thing and um yeah i just i don't know why do i keep the band going i have no idea i i some sort of sick twisted you know punishment that i have to put on myself you know it's not easy as you know uh well if you have two albums under your belt right now just waiting to come out you have to keep the band going <laughs> you need someone to play those parts <laughs> it's very true uh there was a time when i didn't know if i wanted to do the band anymore um there's been a, a lot of times like that because you guys are going so hard I, w I was watching you guys like from like mid 2000s even earlier like from 2000 all the way to 2011 2012 you guys were like riding hard and then you seem to sort of like take a break almost is that during that time period yeah i was i got really burnt man really just touring super hard basically for no money coming home from tours with not a lot of money at all, you know, and then of course, all the drama that can go on in a band, you know, like it's heavy. Uh, just the yeah, I know. And then you know, there the internet, you know, oh, uh, you know, don't ever read the comments. Basically, uh, I, I, I try not to, but learned that a long time ago. Uh, 
And uh, yeah, you know, I guess feeling underappreciated, not just as like a band, but like as a human being from like people like booking agents and, and, and every, you know, I feel like they, I, my, I'm friends with my booking agent, by the way, Dan. Hello. Uh, Defonce. I I like that guy a lot. Yeah. Defonce is my boy. Yeah. Uh, but you know, some of the guys I had worked with in the past were, you know, I don't know. I, I watched them sort of run our name into the ground, you know, putting us on too many tours, that we didn't belong on pressuring us to do these things, uh, giving... Does his name rhyme with Jim Burke? Yeah. <laughs> Definitely up there. You know, it's... if I, I do feel, in a way, it's both. I feel bad, and I feel like, wow, good for you, for the people that never... Uh, that came after post-Inberg post, uh, era. <laughs> <laughs> You guys worked hard. That's yeah, for sure. and there wasn't anything to show for it, I felt like. And it, it kind of made me, like, you know, want to th- try other things. You know, I played in other bands on the side. And, um, you know, that was around the aborted thing, too, also. Uh, it was somewhat in that era. You know, I mean, I just kind of wanted to... I also tried to live regular life for a, almost a year. And I ended up... You know what I ended up doing was going on tour with bands just doing sound and i was just like you know my i i used to do sound by trade when i was younger and uh really yeah yeah and uh so but the what happened was i can't go on i can but i i can't going on tour and doing sound for a band is like watching someone like fuck my girlfriend you know i agree i agree it was hard it was like I missed rocking, you know, that, that vibe from the fans. Yeah. I missed it. You know, it's, uh, you don't, that thin, that thin thin Lizzie hair raising. Yeah. That's what it is, man. I miss like even playing to like 40 people and having like the three people go, Hey, that was cool. You know what I mean? Even just that, you know, it's funny. I agree. I'm having, yeah, I have, I have a hard time even just going to do interviews and I do a bunch of interviews with everyone. I'm watching all my friends on stage. I'm happy to see my friends. Yeah. Yeah. Happy to see my friends on stage, but there's a part of me that wants to be up there. Of course. I, I'm in the same boat. Like I don't go to a lot of shows like I used to because, um, number one, I'm just getting old. Number two, uh, <laughs> yeah, I do kind of, I, I I get a little jealous, you know, I want to be doing it. I want to, you know, at the end of the night, I feel like I should be getting in the van with, the, with these guys, you know, the cool thing is, you know, all my friends are in bands and they're going to come around. Well, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> they will once this boils over. Yeah, exactly. Um, even my own bandmates will be coming they come around you know what i mean and there are other bands you know and you can hang out but it's uh the cool thing about you know what's cool about doing this is like we know all the dudes that we always wish we knew you know what i mean that's true that's true it's like you don't really stop and think about that too often but it's really funny when you think about it like i can hit up all these dudes just to 
shoot the shit. Dudes that I used to think were like, you know, out of my reach, completely out of my reach. You know what I mean? But behind the 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 security guard with that door. Yeah, thing. yeah. It's 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 a weird like little world that we get to live in with you know doing metal. You know, and yeah, I I, I would completely miss it if I if it was gone. You know. It's going to take some time, but it's going to come back. It has to. I don't know what we'll do if not. <laughs> There'll be a bunch of uh, uh, live stream shows, which it just won't be as cool. Uh, live stream shows, unfortunately, suck. Yeah, but it's going to happen. I get it. I get it. But, like, check it out. They usually sound really bad. No, but they can't nowadays with with what bands are going to be doing there. Yeah, that, that has to be a stipulation. That has to be a stipulation. If you're going to do a live stream show, it has to sound fucking amazing. It has to sound good. Um, I don't know what it was. Uh, I'm not hip to everything happening in the world, but um, apparently Meta- Metallica is going to start doing live stream shows every Monday. No fucking way. That, I, I'm pretty sure I read that. If I'm wrong, everyone blast me in the comments, please. I don't have COVID. <laughs> I'm going to keep that. <laughs> uh, um, one last shitty question. One last shitty question. Uh, what did you learn from your time in the faceless? Hmm. Okay. So I got a lot of my time wasted, completely wasted. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I don't know what's going on with that band now. You know, I don't have like ill will to, to, to anyone. Um, but I did learn that when you're like the guy in charge of the band, you know, I got to see what it's like to have someone leading the band who doesn't take into account like all the effort and time and that other people put in, you know what I mean? I got to see the extreme other side, you know what I mean? And it kind of made me um, very much, it, it made me think of all the times where I could have been a better band leader, you know what I mean? And uh, I guess, yeah, I mean, not to be shitty, but yeah, it kind of showed me like, wow, you know, you have to be good to your bandmates, you know, because experiencing what it was like for me being on on the side of like, you know, (laughs) let's just say it was a bad situation, you know, Um, and it wasn't all. It must have been very, very frustrating being a leader of a band to step into someone else's band and you feel like he's not running it properly. Oh God, it was, um, the band had, a, that band still, I mean, uh, the band has a lot of potential. Uh, I, 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 I love the faceless. I love Michael Keane. Yeah. He has such potential to that planetary dualities is a fucking fantastic album. I hated all that shit until <laughs> I heard that album. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I liked, I liked like necrophages when they came out, uh, and as far as tech death went, I, I didn't like, that was sort of becoming a thing, you know, around like 2005, 2006, uh, 2007. I, I, I 
didn't care for a lot. I liked death metal, you know what I mean? Like, uh, and black metal, obviously. But as far as death metal, I liked death metal, you know what I mean? Uh, I heard that planetary duality. It really fucking, you know, I knew Michael Keane before that, you know what I mean? Um, and I, I didn't, I was just like, whatever, you know, like I knew they were just a, a, a young band that was talented, you know, I, I didn't, I wasn't going to sit around and listen to their music, you know, but when I heard that album, I really was like pretty blown away with not only how like well played and well written everything was, but it had a, it had a vibe, mm-hmm. you know, that from was, beginning to the end, from beginning to the end. Yeah. Which I, I really, you know, it had like a vibe that was up there it was like the tech death version of like what a lot of more like atmospheric and moody bands were capable of. You know what I mean? And it it kind of really like honestly, it really uh it also did something else for me. It made me go, "Whoa. There's no way to compete with that." You know what I mean? And you know, Abigail back then we had some more technical elements and then I was like What's the point, you know? I'm going to find <laughs> find some other way to find some other way to uh create some other sound, you know what I mean? Because, you know, if bands like this are, are coming out, Jesus, you know. One last question, something that I've been doing just recently. I always wanted to do it and I always forget. You're the second person I've asked, what is your hangover cure? It's a good question. It's going to sound kind of ridiculous, but if Pedialyte isn't available, I will get a Gatorade and a can of Coca-Cola Classic. I take the Coca-Cola Classic with aspirin. The caffeine uh, plus the um, aspirin, sort of like taking a goodies powder or a BC powder, Except I think the sugar helps when you're, uh, you know, hungover as well because your blood sugar might have, like, crashed or whatever. I think that helps to get you getting up. Plus the Gatorade, obviously, for the electrolytes. You combine all of those things. Maybe if you can get a banana, if you're lucky, I think is helpful. Yeah. And then the only other thing that's going to help is sleep. Otherwise, you're fucked. And t- for me... For me, my hangovers last till midnight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right before I go to bed, I'm like, oh, I'm starting to feel pretty good, actually. And then I guess I'll have a beer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Then I'm ready for at least one or two. The older I get, the longer they last. Yeah. That is something that anyone that's younger thinking that they're going to be able to keep going the way they have been. I got news for you. You know, there was a time when I could drink, you know, 30 beers and the next day get up and do things. I can have five and feel like shit. <laughs> I can have three sometimes and feel like shit. There's even been times when I've had, if I didn't drink for two weeks and I had like two beers, I woke up and I'm like, why am I hungover? This is ridiculous. It's 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 it depends which beers. Now that we're getting older, we're choosing heavier beers. Hypothetically, that's absolutely true. Yeah, no, yeah. Ken, thank you so so much. Um, we're gonna do this again in person, where we can actually share a beer and 
Yeah, this is not a COVID thing. Are we gonna like actually still chin glasses? You know, like anyway. I don't know. I have all these like thoughts I, going on in my head. Like, but anyways, thank you so much, Ken. I've never been a germaphobe, but I am now. Cheers. Cheers. Ding. Hey, thank you all so so much for listening right to the end. Boy, that was a great chat. I had so much fun. So cool to kick it with someone that you've never really met before. Not even face-to-face and just immediately just hit it off. I can tell that me and Ken are going to have a lot more brews together face-to-face once COVID-19 is gone and done with and something that we can laugh about. I am uh, looking forward to those days. Uh, Thank you so much, Ken. Super stoked to hang out next year when you come through on Devastation on the Nation 2021. And I'm super stoked to hear that new Abigail Williams record, which you are recording right now. Props to all the musicians out there that are taking this time out there in social isolation to record and write new music. I am so excited for the new releases that are going to come thanks to these difficult times. Just two things before I let you go. Number one, support your artists that you love. They are struggling right now. They are not on tour. They are not playing shows. A lot of people had invested to go out on tour and had to cancel tours or postpone tours. They bought merchandise that they cannot sell. Please go out and check out their online stores. Support the artists that you love. Secondly, if you're going to be drinking any beer while you're in social isolation, the best way to do that is to drink local craft beer. Craft beer breweries make a lot of their profits and a lot of their money via their tap rooms. People come in, they have a bite to eat, they drink some beers, they enjoy the whole experience of the craft beer tap room. That is something that cannot happen right now. So go out and support your local craft beer industry. You can do that. There are some bottle shops that are delivering beer right now this morning. I just received my package from Vitsun Biai here in Montreal. Huge shout out to them for putting this initiative together. I am uh, super stoked that more craft beer stores are doing this. And uh, if you can order directly from the brewery, do that. There's a lot of places that are still uh, sending out some growlers, some bottles, and some cans. So do that. Support your local craft beer industry. It is very important. It'd be a shame if they were some of the victims to COVID-19. Much love and respect. Enjoy the rest of your week. And remember to enjoy life, metal, and craft beer responsibly for the time being. Cheers, Vox and Hopsits. Hey, this is Aaron from No Simple Road. I'm inviting you to come hang out with Apple, Mel, and I as we talk with the musicians, artists, chefs, authors, and beyond from the world that turns us on. We're reaching into the improvisational music scene, the psychedelic culture, the festival world, and getting to know what makes the people tick that create those scenes. Come join us on the long, strange trip over at No Simple Road.